Welcome to the Latecomers Podcast. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this is going to be a podcast where we watch a show that everyone else has seen, something that we missed for whatever reason, um, and we are taking people up on the, I can't believe you haven't seen that, you have to see that. So we live in a world uh, where we don't hide from spoilers, and uh, we do have some cultural awareness of the different shows that we're going to watch. We're talking about things like The Wire. No, I have not seen The Wire. Thank you for asking. What have you not seen? I haven't seen a lot. I tend to shy away from things that are popular while they're popular, Ah. and then I rediscover them later, and get very enthusiastic about things that nobody cares about anymore. So you're an anti-hipster. Yes. You like things well after they're cool. So So many ways. (laughs) All right. Well, um, we are going to enter these seasons of of the show as open-minded as possible, but we're going to have cultural knowledge. We're going to have heard maybe big plot twists. I mean... We know who shot JR, right? I have no idea who shot JR. I assume it was Lisa Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I right? Um, so we're going to try and remain spoiler free unto ourselves, but we're not going to be fanatical about it because it's 2017 and the internet exists. And so we have to live in that world. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to watch an episode or two of a show, rehash the plot for you. You've listened to recap podcasts. I'm sure you know what we're going to be doing. First show that we're going to do is going to be Twin Peaks. And the reason that we're doing this first, well, among other things, is it's a finite situation. There aren't nine seasons of it. It's eight episodes, 22 episodes, a movie, and then we can decide whether or not to... uh, pop into the current stuff because that may or may not fit with the leanings of the show. This show premiered April 8th, 1990, and I didn't watch it because I was four days past my 10th birthday, and I feel like David Lynch was then over my head. He may also now be over my head, but why didn't you watch the show? I didn't watch the show. I was uh, living with my parents at the time. Plans for moving out got altered. So I'm living with my parents, and my mom, in no way, shape, or form, was going to watch something that was as violent and sinister as Twin Peaks. I don't know that it will be. I know that David Lynch... um, And it's very odd because he hadn't done very much at that point. Mm. He had done... uh, Well, Eraserhead, which wasn't seen by um, a wide audience. Uh, but uh, Dune in Blue Velvet and The Elephant Man. So, especially because he was coming off of Blue Velvet, which was a really violent film filled with images of sadomasochism, there was a, a, a kind of a wariness. My entire experience with the Blue Velvet movie is the scene that we watched in my abnormal psychology class. So... That could have been the entire film. It, it was... was a lot of huffing. There mm-hmm. was a lot of huffing. That's what I right. recall. Yes. Yeah. Dennis Hopper at his finest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the problem was that she, um, 
she anticipated that it was going to be something along those lines, and so we didn't see it. Um, but uh, and I always meant to, to catch up with it sometime. Today's the day. There we go. Now <laughs> we're doing it. But yeah, it's, it's difficult when you're taking care of your parents and everyone has an early bedtime. And Do you recall when it aired? I remember that I was working at uh, Holmes at the bookstore. Okay. And it caused, uh, I mean, there was a lot of people. It was a cultural touchstone at that point. And it, was, it had, uh, because the name that was associated with it, it had an immediate impact. Okay. It wasn't like um, the X-Files, it became a cultural touchstone through the middle of one season. No, this was, there was a lot of hype before it. Similar to what just happened when the revival, right? it sounds like. But I think that back then, it, there, there were cultural touchstones then. People, huge, uh, huge audiences watched The Tonight Show and could discuss it the next day. Water cooler watched, shows. Right, water cooler shows. And that was much more common then. And so now there's such a diversity of things that you can watch in different networks and things that it's not quite the same. Yeah. It's hard to to equate that to people who don't remember those days. But yes, there were people discussing it, and there were, there was, um, I think, another thing that was controversial, and I don't remember uh, when it came out in the first run. There was a book written by David Lynch's daughter that was, uh, and I knew, of course, this surrounds the, the murder of a young woman. Right. Um, Laura Palmer, I believe Laura Palmer, and, yeah, I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> But uh, David Lynch's daughter apparently wrote a paperback book that we sold when I worked at the bookstore that was really uh, apparently suggestive and kinky that was supposed to provide clues. That book sold out because... Like a companion book to the science fiction. Yeah, kind of like when Stephen King wrote a book, Rose Red, to go along with the television show. Okay. And so, um, and it was meant to be the diary of Ellen Rimbauer, uh... The character who's in Rose Red. Right. Or the, so, the owner of the house or something. It was a pre... Well, I don't... We don't have to get into but, it. Um, <laughs> but the same thing. This was Laura Palmer's diary, and people thought by a careful reading of it, you could get a solution to the mystery. Okay. Um, yeah. So I remember that, too, that we were selling out of the book, and people were complaining that it was kinky and weird. And so it got more and more intriguing as it went along. But, yes, I never caught up with it. So... Um, when I was doing research, um, this show aired two seasons, and then a movie was released. Um, and then, of course, many, many years later, they've had the revival show. I remember the movie. And I was looking, and Esquire, uh, among several other uh, entities, but Esquire particularly did a, a Twin Peaks episode viewing guide, and this was specifically released um, earlier this year prior to the revival um, and offers, uh, it's by, it's an article by Corey Atted from April of this year. Uh, and he specifically lays out several options, stating that there's only one correct, in quotes, <laughs> way to watch Twin Peaks for right. both fans and newbies alike. Watch it in the order it was put out. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're mm-hmm. going to watch season one. We're going to watch season two. We're going to watch the movie. And then, maybe, we're going to watch season three. We'll see how it goes. I saw the film, and I don't remember much about it. Well, that's it was, good. It was the... Um, so it was on while I was packing my bags. And I just remember something about what I oversaw. Was it 
on television? No, no, no. Uh, it was uh, uh, my friend was duping a, a, a videotape of it. Oh, okay. I just thought a television version is probably yeah. not going to be very good. But he, uh, but um, he left it on, and I was packing my bag at the time and stopping and seeing. I, mean, I had no um, context for anything that was going on. But I remember that on the flight to New York, I was getting very vivid nightmares about the uh, the film. Oh, good. And um, I don't know if that was just the way the, the material was presented. Something about it was really disturbing to me. I can't remember for the life of me what it was. I've tucked it away, I suppose. Oh, well, I can't wait till we get to that point in the movie and you get up and scream, This is it! This is it! <laughs> I'm not shy about things like that, so I, I'm kind of impressed that it did have an effect on me. Uh, this article is interesting because it goes on and um, it gives you the mystery, like it'll give you, because apparently there are flashbacks and flash forwards, mm-hmm. so it gives you a list of the case in order, um, which is recommended for people who've seen the show. Then there's at the very end, the mystery as directed by David Lynch, um, which is only episodes, the, the pilot and then episodes 1, 2, 7, and 22 of season 2. Oh, and there's one more episode. Two episodes. Oh, episode 3, it says. So they want you to listen, to watch the pilot, but the mm. international version, which apparently is 20 minutes longer, the third episode, and then four episodes in the second season, and that's it. That's just the lynchy goodness. I wonder what the international version has in it that they... Well, they do say it's 20 minutes longer and features an alternate reveal of who Laura's killer is. Now, I also, by reading this article, know that Laura's killer is revealed in episode 7 of season 2. Because one of the uh, ways that they say to watch it is watch all the way up to episode 7 of season 2, watch the finale of season 2, Watch the movie and be done, because apparently episode 8 through 21 of season 2 goes a little bananas. So I'm looking forward to the bonkersness. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I it's I know that there was... Um, I see this is something else that maybe modern audiences um, won't catch on to, but it was a big deal having a film director working on television back then. Right. And he's maybe the first? I, I, I don't, well, no, because years before, there was a program called Amazing Stories. Okay. And it was Steven Spielberg That's right. attempting to put together kind of, and he made a huge deal out of the film that every episode was a, had a million-dollar budget. I mean, that tells you, again, how long ago that Welcome was. Welcome to Network TV in 2017. And he... Um, and so he put together a lot of things in terms of high production values and special effects. But he asked for guest directors that were uh, at the top of their game. So he directed some episodes. He directed a very good one, in fact. And Joe Dante and Martin Scorsese directed episodes. I'm going to let listeners in on a tiny secret. That's the only time you're ever going to hear Lemuel say anything nice about Steven Spielberg. Probably. <laughs> but... Um, well, I think he's better in that format, shorter and under control, rather than uh, a great I feel deal about money. Ernest Hemingway. I yeah. feel you. It's fine. But um, but yeah, so he called in celebrity directors, like you, almost like stunt casting with directors, and there would be um, 
the television advertisements for the episodes were it made a big deal out of the fact that Burt Reynolds directed this episode or Clint Eastwood directed this episode. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, you could actually sell a TV show on the idea the idea that you had a celebrity director working currently in movies mm-hmm. directing an episode of the television program. And now television's getting yeah. up there with movies. Alfred Hitchcock directed the first episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Well, I would think. Just one. He's presenting it, so shouldn't he? So going into Twin Peaks specifically, do you have any expectations, any concerns, any thoughts? I'm hoping it's strange. I think it's going to be. I think that you're go- we're going to be able to check that off with a big red pen. Well, it's what he was doing at the time, David Lynch, especially with something like Blue Velvet, because um, the opening scene is the, the discovering a human ear. Yeah. Um, he was trying to get at, or he was exploring the notion of a perfectly normal world where really strange and horrible things are going on. And I think this is directly after Blue Velvet, I believe, and it's that period of time when he was doing that before he gave up on nonlinear storytelling. Although this, like I said, uh, apparently isn't strictly linear. Now, okay. from that's... I know that specifically because mm-hmm. there are parts that say watch it quote chronologically, right. which makes me think that generally it isn't chronological. But that's you know when I worked at uh, or I was a film student, uh, my roommate Forrest, I lived in Alameda at the time. Uh, we rented from one video place where there was a, another film student there who just would recommend to you all the good weird stuff. But uh, he was he shared with my roommate at the time Forrest that he was devoting his spare time to doing a chronological interpretation, a re-edit of Pulp Fiction. Oh, and there that's a thing that several uh, things on YouTube, it where fans yeah. will recut movies and cro- put them in chronological order. Right. I really wanted to just make that one word and make it a cute verb, but I failed. Um, so... Yeah, I think that, and especially now because on a laptop you can cut up a movie and move it Well, at the time, it was two VCRs. Right. (laughs) That's the way it was done. I have, yes, that was school projects for me. Patience, you know, a lot of patience and two VCRs. But, but yeah, I think that you can do that. Just like um, the person is recommending there in your article about having a watching it in some sort of order that you can, but I think that the way he was presenting it is the way he wanted you to see it. Right. So uh, I'm not sure what it would benefit to try to go and see it in a way that... I don't think it benefits on first watching. Right. I think that that's a, I'm obsessed, to let's do this thing and see what happens. Um, so as a first watching, yeah, just watching it the way that it was presented, and it wasn't messed with by uh, the networks, the way that something like Firefly was, where it was... Well, by that point, there was so, le- so much less respect for the director. You know, it wasn't a novelty anymore to have a, a Hollywood director or a cinematic director at their prime doing a television show. Now that's kind of common on right. cable television. And line. apparently this was on ABC yeah. versus a Fox. A Fox is pretty notorious for... It might have been pre-Fox. I'm trying to remember when Fox really came into... You know. I feel like Married with Children was an 80s concern. Maybe. And I believe The Simpsons has been on since I was born, approximately. <laughs> the Simpsons so. was part of the Tracy Ullman show once upon yes, a time. Yes, I know. 
Um, like little animated snippets, badly done. So it was real rough. So my big concern with this going in um, is that everything that I've ever watched by David Lynch, I would get to the end of it, and I would shout to the heavens, why? Why have I done this? And can I have that time back? So that's disconcerting when I'm going into an hours-long situation. Because you're young. Um, not that young. Haven't watched Lynch in probably a decade. I will say that. Um, I think the last thing that I saw was Mulholland Drive. The Yes, Mulholland Drive, I believe, was the last David Lynch film I've ever seen. I've also watched Lost Highway. I, I've been in the room when Dune was on, but I can't say I watched it. I believe there was rum involved. Also, maybe the first time I ever drank anything, so... The movie was incidental at the time. Um, I love Dune. I really do. <laughs> maybe that'll be... The, the, another thing that we're thinking of doing is between seasons of shows or between shows while we're prepping for our next one, um, maybe we're going to force each other to watch movies that we should have seen, and he's going to make me watch Dune, and I'm going to make him watch Clueless. I'm very excited uh, about it. You will totally like it. You don't trust me, but I'm right. In uh, disrespect, no. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say before we get started with this project? Not much, but I'm looking forward to it because it was something I missed. I think what I'm concerned with is um, the John Carter effect. What is you know? that? Well, well by the time... Case that John Carter got released as a film, having been a hundred, it was a hundred year old book by that point, mm -hmm. and um, been in development hell as a film for 15 or 20 years. Uh, so many production designers, art directors, screenwriters just ripped off scenes from the film and put them to things like Return of the Jedi or whatever, that by the time that the film based on the book is actually released, it feels over familiar. And people are calling it derivative. I doubt we're going to think that Twin Peaks is derivative, right. but I see your concern. Right, is that so many of the things that it did got exploited for lesser movies or imitated in television shows or whatever, that by the time that we... And some of it was out in the open. I remember um, uh, Northern Exposure, which also did the quirky up north yes. behavior, did an, an actual direct um, reference to Twin Peaks in one of the episodes, that Twin Peaks is the town across the waterfall. And they wind up looking at it through um, um, uh, the sort of binoculars they have mounted. Uh, oh, yeah, like a telescope. Right, and they're watching the characters from Twin Peaks. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, and that was a cute kind of uh, gag that they did. But uh, I worry that the shows that celebrate weird that way things like picket fences or what or some of the others that i've seen off and on might be um because i think that american gothic might have been part of that tradition too of sort of it was definitely weird and weird. someone is definitely at the door right but a, a level of weird underneath the level of normal or eerie indiana do you remember that one i love eerie indiana but i've seen some of the tropes that were established by this and so it will seem over familiar when i'm watching it okay. that's my concern well we'll keep it in mind and we'll just think of it as the grandfather right and we should maybe assume if we think we're seeing a trope 
that this is the original and maybe dig into that a little bit. Right. I think that is it for our introduction. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, I'm going to tell you to rate, review, and subscribe, even though there's nothing to subscribe to yet, but we're going to watch the pilot episode, and we're going to record pretty soon, so this show is forthcoming. Um, we're going to be at Latecomers Pod on Twitter. I'm at Amity Armstrong. Uh, you don't have a Twitter, if I'm Mm, not yet. Not yet. Oh, interesting. I'm good at pithy things. 140 characters might be right up your alley. And um, we are at latecomerspod at gmail.com if you have any uh, feedback you want to give us. Be nice. We're nice. Be nice. Um, and we're going to have a Facebook group uh, at Latecomers Podcast, but that will come with the actual show. So... Thanks for listening, and remember, better late than never. Is that the... Do you not like the sign-off? Yes, it's fine. Come up with a better sign-off. <laughs> Go. Do something. I know, that's fine. Oh, you will drive real bad. We'll, we'll work it out. That's what I do. <laughs> All right. <laughs>